This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Wellness Glow. I'm recording this in the middle of a rain event that's going on in Australia at the moment. So you may hear a little bit of background noise as the wind drives the rain into my window, but I'm dry for the moment anyway. So I'm sorry if there's a bit of background noise this week. So as you may know, if you listened to last week's episode, I'm doing a series at the moment on anti-aging, which I'm super excited about. It's uh, an area that I kind of haven't been like super interested in, I'll be honest, because in my mind, when I think of anti-aging, I think of more of the aesthetic and I think of cosmetics, surgery or implants or um, injections or whatever. And uh, even though the area that I work in with regard to uh, nutrition is absolutely going to have an anti-aging effect, I hadn't kind of clicked on to the fact that this is something that I actually do on an everyday basis is help people anti-age or manage their aging process. So I thought I'd do a little series, a little educational series on what aging actually is all about. And if you watched uh, or rather listened to last week's podcast episode, I talked about inflammation and inflammation is pretty boring, right? So I tried to kind of without nerding out too much on it, just explain it in a way that's fairly simple. So if you haven't yet listened to that episode, I would recommend just pausing this episode, go and look at 
the previous episode of the Wellness Glow, get your head around inflammation and then come back because I'm going to talk today about inflammaging. And inflammaging is obviously has a close relationship to inflammation. And inflammaging, when I first heard the word, I thought to myself, this is made up. Come on. Inflammaging, it sounds like something that a cosmetic cream would claim to be able to do or to claim as a cause of uh, skin issues. And uh, when I actually looked it up, I went, oh, this is actually a real word. And it's used in the scientific literature. So um, inflammaging means pretty much what you probably think it means from those two words, inflammation and aging. And inflammaging is essentially the, the increase in uh, a persistent inflammation as we age. And again, refer back to last week's podcast if you're not quite sure what I mean by this persistent inflammation or what I referred to it as last week was this inappropriate kind of activation of inflammation because inflammation is useful. We need it. It keeps us alive, but we just don't need it going on and on and on and on. But that's last week's podcast. So this persistent inflammation seems to be causing disease and a lot of the diseases that we tend to associate with aging. So diseases such as um, Alzheimer's, such as type 2 diabetes, such as macular degeneration. So that's a degeneration in the eye, Um, multiple sclerosis, um, ALS, Parkinson's, osteoporosis, type 2 diabetes, um, insulin resistance, heart disease, even cancer. And inflammaging may not actually be the cause of these age-related diseases. However, it seems that it might be the trigger of these diseases kind of manifesting. Because the thing is, with many, many diseases, there's often a genetic link And so you may have some of these diseases in your family, especially things like type 2 diabetes, right? It's so common. And you might have that in your family. And so you might think, oh, well, it's inevitable that I'm going to get type 2 diabetes because it's in my family. It's my genes. I can't do anything about my genes, right? But in fact, interestingly, there's quite a bit we can do to kind of uh, lessen the risk of your genetic predispositions being expressed. So you may have gene genetic tendencies towards, for example, type 2 diabetes, but you also may need some environmental factors to be at play before that diabetes will be triggered and become a condition in your body. And some of those environmental conditions might be diet related, you know, might be exercise related, lifestyle, Um, And it might be inflammaging. If you've got inflammation in your body, then you may have this uh, persistent inflammation as we age, inflammaging, and that may trigger off your diabetes that you have a genetic predisposition to. And I hope that all makes sense. Um, Now, I'm not saying with type 2 diabetes specifically, I just better put this in there, that it's always going to have a genetic link. We know that that's not true. Uh, however, 
just, I just use that as an, as an example because it's a pretty common disease. And most of us know what it is. So the um, there's a number of theories about this in, inflammaging. Sorry, I keep stumbling over it, don't I? Inflammaging. There's a number of theories about it. And one of them involves, and oh my God, seriously, I am not making this up. One of these theories involves zombie cells. And again, when I heard this term, I thought, oh, come on. But I'm not even making this up. It is actually a thing. So zombie cells are like a bit of a slang term for something called senescent cells. So it's S-E-N-E-S-C-E-N-T, senescent cells. So you can go and Google that. So you know that I'm not actually making this stuff up. So these senescent cells or zombie cells are not dead cells in the body, but they're not acting like a live cell. So they're not, you know, replicating like normal cells would. Um, And so studies in mice have shown that if you remove these zombie cells, that it slowed aging dramatically in the mice. It stimulated new tissue production. So like it mended damaged cartilage. It improved lung disease, kidney disease, heart disease, um, a number of other conditions of aging as well. And there's promising research looking at senescence or zombie cells and dietary support. So like antioxidants in foods, primarily a particular uh, class or group called polyphenols. And polyphenols, most of us are probably having some of these every day, things like green tea, things like turmeric, things like your brightly colored um, fruits and veggies or contain these polyphenols. Um, And there's also some nutrients, there's one called quercetin, which is one I use a lot in clinic in supplement form. And I guess that's the unfortunate thing is what we know about some of these, particularly turmeric, um, uh, is that there's very poor absorption from the diet. So if we're looking to increase our antioxidants to combat our zombie cells, God, that sounds so weird for me to say that, but anyway, um, then sometimes it might be actually better to do a supplemental form because then you can get a higher dose as well. Uh, I've recently started taking a resveratrol supplement with quercetin in it and turmeric um, because I'm experimenting a little bit with some of these anti-aging protocols. I'm developing my own protocol. And so what I do know is supplements can be a lot easier to get the amount that you need to get in to get the effect on inflammation in the body, not just the zombie cells, they're a part of it. There's a whole bunch of other pathways involved, but inflammation is, is what we're targeting, I guess. And so supplements are often better because you know exactly how much you're getting. And generally those supplements, if they're good quality, are going to be more absorbable than uh, the food form, unfortunately. Sometimes that's not the case, uh, but sometimes it is. And we particularly know with turmeric, for example, great superfood, but very difficult to absorb in the body in a food form. Now I'm going to introduce another term as well, another term that is totally going to sound made up, but I assure you it's not. 
so this other term is called metaflammation. And it again, it sounds like what you think it might be metabolic inflammation. So metaflammation is the metabolic inflammation that accompanies metabolic diseases and is thought to be the form of chronic inflammation that's driven by uh, nutrient excess or overnutrition. And so nutrient excess or overnutrition is overeating, obviously. And we know that obesity is a massive problem in our society, in our Western society. And that um, it's, it's interesting that many people that are obese are actually malnutritioned. So they're having a lot of calories in, but a lot of those calories are not nutrient dense. They are calorie dense but they are not giving good nutrition. And almost certainly when someone is obese, they have chronic inflammation. So it's really important to uh, understand how uh, critical managing inflammation is in the body. As I mentioned in last week's podcast, the term inflammation is bandied around a lot, but I don't think a lot of people really actually understand why it's important that we reduce inflammation in the body. So when I talk about metabolic diseases, they're obviously things like insulin resistance, like diabetes, like heart disease, diseases that are generally lifestyle, there, has, there is a lifestyle component. Uh, interesting with metaflammation, metaflammation is characterized by the same mechanisms that underpin inflammation, so they seem to be connected and the things that really drive inflammation so like inflammaging what is you know really driving inflammation in our bodies what can we kind of look at that's causing it that perhaps we can do something about um interestingly pathogens comes up pretty high on the list so pathogens are like microorganisms so that might be in, like infections that you know about. It also could be in the gut microbiome. Also nutrients. So certain nutrients that sustain inflammation um, are culprits. And the gut microbe, microbiome itself um, has a pretty key role in both metaflammation and inflammation because it can release inflammatory products. Uh, it can contribute to circadian rhythms and it can communicate with other organs and systems. Our gut microbiome, and you know I bang on about this, if you've been following and listening to the Wellness Glow podcast for a while, you know I'm a little bit obsessed with the gut microbiome. I love gut health and I love working with the gut microbiome. And I tell you, naturopaths have been saying this for, I reckon, hundreds of years that all health stems from the gut. And in fact, I think even Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said the same thing. And that's before we even knew about the gut microbiome. It just We just know that the gut, gut health is just critical to good health. And now we know that the gut microbiota has a central role in both metaflammation and inflammation. So it can release inflammatory products if it's out of balance. It can also, if it's in balance, be an anti-inflammatory mechanism. I mentioned it contributes to circadian rhythm. So our circadian rhythm is our natural body rhythm. When we go, feel like going to sleep, when we feel like rising, 
from sleep, that's all part of our circadian rhythm. And, and I'm using sleep as an example, but there are so many different processes that go on in the body related to our circadian rhythm. And definitely we know that um, lack of sleep will also contribute to inflammation. So there's a lot that I've covered today. And as you know, I like to keep my podcasts relatively succinct because I know I don't have time to listen to really long podcasts. So I'm assuming that you don't either. But I guess the take home messages, gosh, actually, there's one thing I did want to mention was about, um, oh gosh, it's a bit complicated, DNA. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to get into this now. But um, we know as we age, we have, everyone knows we have DNA, right? But you may not know that we have these um, telomeres. And telomeres will uh, shorten as we age. And that you see that in like wrinkles and things like that is shortened telomeres. And what we know is when we can moderate our stress response, the stress is a huge part, driver of um, inflammation in the body, probably inflammaging. I haven't yet come across a study. I haven't specifically looked yet. So that's something I will be having a look at. Um, but yeah, we know that if we can increase telomere length, we will decrease inflammation. And one of the main things that I know about that will increase telomere length is meditation. So that's something that's available for everybody. It's something that is free. It is something that you really only need to do 23 minutes a day is what the research tells us will get us that um, increase in telomere length, which will contribute to our anti-aging kind of protocol. So uh, yeah, I guess in summary, I wanted to say that if you're looking for some solutions here, because it sounds like a pretty scary concept to me, inflammaging, um, know that food can play a big role. Food can be harmful. Food can be medicine. Uh, what is interesting is that the same foods that are medicine for some can be harmful to another. So it's always good to be aware of what foods work for you and against you. And if you follow me, know anything about me, you know that I um, work with a program called Metabolic Balance, which is all about personalized nutrition, scientifically based. And it will tell you which foods are working for you and what are working against you and what's going to reduce your inflammation and your inflammaging. So generally speaking, antioxidants in foods may be in reducing inflammation and extending the lifespan. So that's pretty cool. Um, gut health, know what is normal and not normal. And when I say normal, I often have people come to me and say, oh, but this is normal for me. Like people that, you know, maybe only empty their bowel every three weeks. And I'm not even joking, uh, thinking that that's normal. People that have got chronic diarrhea, that go, oh, that's just normal for me. I've been like that for 10 years. That's not normal, people. So if you are experiencing gut symptoms, whether they are persistent burping, uh, indigestion, that's pretty chronic, bloating, either in the upper belly or the lower belly, if you've got um, constipation or diarrhea with no real known cause, then that's not normal. And please go and see someone about it. Ideally, a nutritionist or a naturopath that has training and an interest in gut health, uh, because we know that gut health, and I'm going to delve more into this, has got a 
very key role in inflammation, but also inflammaging. And I don't know about you, but I would like to take as many anti-aging steps for myself so that my body feels good, my skin feels good, my brain feels good for as long as possible. So food, gut health, and meditation would be my three take-homes is something to be really considering bringing into your lifestyle, uh, your anti-aging kind of protocol. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, I would love if you could drop into Apple and uh, leave me a review. That would be awesome. It really helps to get other people knowing about this podcast. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well. Be well.